Good morning. It is May 30th. It is a sunny morning in New York. The stench of the neighbor's morning cigarettes has subsided. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The Miami Heat, facing the prospect of being the first team ever to blow a 3-0 lead in the NBA playoffs, after losing Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics on a devastating last-second putback, acted as if absolutely none of that had happened, and resumed their role as the team that put the heavily favored Celtics in a 3-0 hole to begin with, batting Boston up and down the floor in Boston like a cat playing with a twist tie in a 103-84 win that might as well have been 203-44. The unflappable Jimmy Butler was the MVP. The Heat will now face the very well-rested Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Over the holiday weekend, Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy arrived at an agreement that would avoid default on the national debt in exchange for an assortment of budget cuts. The next step in avoiding default is for Biden to mobilize the Democratic minority in the House to vote for the package of concessions demanded by the Republican Speaker, because the Republican Speaker does not, by all accounts, have the votes within his own party to pass the thing that he just negotiated. To encourage the Democrats to vote for the budget cuts extorted by the Republicans, the Front of the Times offers top headline, strong economy is likely to bear debt deals cuts. Next line, modest restrictions. Next line, a bit of fiscal austerity may ease inflation, some experts say. Politically, this was a hostage negotiation in which one party was threatening to destroy the economy if the other party didn't cave in. And substantively, Joe Manchin gets a gas pipeline. And if you're 52 years old and on food stamps, you're going to have to grovel and demonstrate that you're trying to find a job. And it cuts back the spending that the Biden administration and Democrats had put in to rebuild the IRS's depleted ability to collect money from rich tax cheats, because that was a central Republican demand. Again, in a deal that the Republicans are not going to all get together and vote for. But if you set aside all that, the abusive politics that got the deal done and the various foul concessions that are built into the deal, the economists, the only people whose verdict on any of this matters, say that it's going to be probably okay after all. And when have the economists been wrong lately? And on the back page of the paper, Chris Christie, the former New Jersey governor and bridge traffic saboteur, who thought in 2016 that he was going to be the meanest, most bullying and unpleasant person in the Republican primary race, has formed a super PAC, or technically, of course, had a super PAC formed on his behalf by other people to support his interest in potentially running for president in 2024, giving the Times a chance to dust off his quote from last month about how dismayed he is that under Ron DeSantis, if you express disagreement in this country, the government is allowed to punish you. Chris Christie, champion of civility and good government. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we'll talk again tomorrow.